So, so uh, welcome, welcome, Koshi Mwamba, to episode seven, um, guest number six to TOTFC podcast series. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, I went to uh, University Saint Avex, even though Koshi may say he never went there, but uh, that's that's for another time, another place. But he he played football there. He was a uh, standout. Um, cornerback he ended up uh moving on to the cfl and won one great cup or two two great cups two great cups and yeah. he currently resides in america in houston White, like that yeah. <laughs> houston is it yeah houston texas houston texas um and he grew up in mississauga ontario was it yeah yeah and did you did you you your whole life you st- you grew up there or did you I, I was born in the Congo and then moved to Montreal around the age of nine and then moved like did high school like end of elementary school high school in uh in in South Ontario and then went all the way to San Effex where I met Juan and Will and all those characters out there. That's what's up. So. Yeah, so it it kind of just like t- touch on like your like your childhood through adolescence to acts like how did everything come together? Um, for me, you know, I I used to play basketball in high school, so that was the biggest thing for me. Like most, uh, like most athletes, like most guys in high school, you know, your dreams or aspiration was you know we're gonna make it to the NBA. You know, unfortunately for me. Um, I got to the, the, the grade 10, and I was already 5'11", and, and I couldn't throw anymore. You know, I was the center on the team and 5'11", but then when you face other teams, you know, their point guard is 6'3". You know, and then it really was a realization for me that, you know, you're not going to keep growing, so you got to do something with, with, that, with that height. And uh, one of my coaches... He challenged me to like play football, which I really was not interested. I was like, you know what, you know, basketball season's coming up. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to be involved in all that. You know, I'm saving myself for basketball and track. And he said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you to a, a basketball game. And if I beat you, you're coming and join the team. And then I told him, well, if I beat you, then you know, you never have to ask me this question again. And then that's it. I was 16 years old, you know, I thought I was, you know, God's greatest gift, and I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to lie, he beat me by, like, two points, and I think that's when, you know, that's when it all kicked in, um, I think that was the best loss I've ever taken in my life, because um, me taking that loss was me, you know, taking off football, and from that point on, I excelled for two years, grade 11, grade 12, in football that, you know, I was offered some scholarship by universities to play football, <coughs> bless you, and also also offered some scholarship to play basketball for some colleges, but all my courses that I took was to go to um, university, so the, the choice was simple for me to just go, and, uh, go to university, and the same coach that beat me is was... Uh, the defensive coordinator at the at San Francisco Xavier the year that I went there, so it was really something. Who was that for me? Gary Waterman. Oh, he beat really? you? Yes, I lost. Yes, I lost oh, yes, no. I lost yes. No. Let me backtrack. Yo, hold on. He was, he was he was he was like he just turned like forty, 
okay? So he was still fit. He could still move. And I was only 16. I didn't okay, know okay, okay, okay. He still had that, you know, that old man's strength. So Okay, fair like, enough. Well, how, okay, while we're on this topic, what was his game like? Was he just backing you down? Was he just yeah. using, was he being like yeah. a smart old guy, just old man, like? Old man strength, back you down, back you down, left hook, right hook. You know, he's not shooting the three. Everything is just off the backboard, you know. He's like, oh, you see that square right there? If you hit that square, it's going to go in, you know. I can't picture that, man. I'm glad you told me that. Because I know uh, Gary, who's the, he's the head coach now, right, at X. Yeah. And so I just graduated last year. So, I mean, I spent my four years kind of watching him run the program, right? Yeah. Um, wh- why did you – is that is that a big reason why you chose X in the first place? Um, to be honest, I had a uh, – I had a – I had one with McMaster and also with uh, York. But, you know, being – at home and so close to it, I really wanted to go uh, away from uh, from home. I wanted to experience what life would be to be away from home, and you know, Saint FX also offer you know a small small classrooms and stuff like that. So that was you know something that was like you know what if I can make it out there, it would definitely help. You know, little did I know it really you know being at X really changed my life because it was the complete opposite of what I was expecting and everything that, you know, I've ever experienced was completely opposite, you know, small classroom, a small town with like five to 6,000 people, you know, it, it was just different. And I think that helped me become the man that I am today. Um, we, we spoke to yesterday, we had a law school student on um, that goes to Shulich and she's uh, her parents are from Nigeria. And she, okay. she talked a lot about how her parents were very, um, they push education really hard. And yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah. wondering, since you're not from Nigeria, but your parents from the Congo, um, is it similar in terms of like, if, if for example, for you, um, you have also have a brother that's separate, but you guys both played sports and excelled. Was yeah. it like something in your household, like you guys, if you don't excel at sports at any point, like school is like, you, you better, you better be something in life. Like yeah. there's no, there's yeah. nothing. Um, in our household, it, it was, you know, you have to have good grades. And uh, I think it's still, I don't know if it's still the same, but I know in, um, in high school, in our high school, it, you had to pass at least two, two of your four courses every semester to be able to be on, the, on, a, on a basketball team, on a, on, a, on a sports team, right? And with my dad, he was so strict on it. It was, it doesn't matter what it is. That's the school rule, but the household rule was basically you can't have a below 75 on any test, pop quiz, or whatever it is, you know. And that just, it, it wasn't just for me, but it was for all three of us. Yeah, I forgot. I meant to say two brothers, yeah. Yeah. So if one person failed on one thing, we were all suspended for it. Oh, that's a crazy. Uh... So we basically had to hold each other accountable, you know. And uh, it, 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 with that with that mindset, I think it really helped us, you know. But education before sports and he always told us you know e comes before f so education comes before fun before we can have fun we have to make oh, sure that's that nice. we have to make sure that you know our education is always in place and also that that really helped me uh, to be organized in life in terms of like you know, what, what is uh, important to you what do you prioritize first you know so we i, I think we've missed a few games and my dad was so strict and, you know, we, we were, you know, we're gifted with some abilities and um, being on the, on the basketball team and, 
you know, football team, like we were one of those guys that, you know, we really like the team needed us. And, you know, my dad, since he knew that and if we did something wrong or anything else like that to punish us, it'll be, you know, you're not playing next game or you're not going to the next practice. You know, we missed a few practice, but still play the game. And I can remember a story. If you if you guys want to know, you can always ask uh, Coach Waterman and he'll tell you my dad. Um, one time he came to the school in his pajamas and <laughs> basically told Waterman and everybody else that I will not play basketball that day because something happened and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna blame it on you know he did something and you know, <laughs> didn't do something right so we all got punished for it and we missed the game so it was it was very strict so i can understand what she was talking about and okay i just wanted to see like if there's a pattern like in terms of because we we said like essentially like the, the the hard work um that her parents kind of instilled in her like made made her progression through life like that helped her kind of build up her ability to succeed and and climb what we talk about like the food chain essentially right yeah yeah um as, she, and when you, as it may seem at the time like it, it, it seems that it's paying off like people are like owing a lot of their success to like how hard their parents were and just instilling values right yeah yeah definitely and you know while being young being a teenager you know you're a hothead and you think you're you know you're god's gift and you know you have it all you think you have it all you think you understand everything but when you're you have that installed in you, it really um, like you said, it helps you uh, climb up the food chain. It helps you understand exactly what the priorities are. So when you do miss that game, when you do miss that practice because you want to be able to help out your team, but then you can't be there. When you do come back, you put your priorities straight. You know mm. exactly for me to be there. I have to make sure that I do this as much as I practice. I got to make sure that I do the exact same thing in the classroom. Right. And, you know, becoming a professional, it was it was embedded in me that, you know, before I can play or practice all this stuff, it starts in the classroom, watching film, you know, being able to do all that. It's just it becomes second nature to you, to you, you know, and I hated it at the, at the you know, while I was going through it. But I'm very grateful that, you know, that was something that was installed in me. Interesting. Um, you keep saying, like, uh your abilities like just explain to people like you're when you say that like i'm gonna say like in terms of athletic potential and and ability based on when, when i first met you like it was pretty evident like you're at the top of the food chain in terms of athletic ability like you hold know on, hold on can you say that again because i think this is the first time you've ever given me a compliment in life. because because <laughs> no because it, it just explain to people like maybe explain to people like when we first met like you were looking at me like who's this guy on the basketball team like i i used to i used to eat guys like this in uh, high school like yeah. how's he how's he on the team like i can play on the team just explain like kind of like where you were like in terms of ability wise and kind of maybe your mentality um throughout maybe your your years at x and like i don't know explain to people like our relationship and how um how yeah. we came came to be friends and and all that because there's a lot of there's, a, it's lot a, of there's a lot there like for people that not like that don't know or listening right yeah um and we interviewed bear so you can talk if you want to throw him in oh and just, yeah like uh, so yeah. it was constant battle so one second just one second
So to me, it was um, basically, you know, coming from uh, from Toronto, from Ontario, you know, and playing basketball there and then playing football. I, I had a little chip on my shoulder. So I walked in to X, you know, thinking that, you know, I'm going to start and I'm going to do all this, not knowing that, first of all, in the football team, everybody else was just grown man. And I was <laughs> just a little boy just trying to figure out who I was and, you know, coming there and watching the, the, the basketball team and the basketball games and stuff, you know, I think interaction with Will and and, uh, and T-Bear, it was pretty much, I was like, well, anything that they can do, I, I've done it and I can do it too. Like, why can't I try on the team, you know? And I have a competitive spirit in me and, and I think that fire is the exact same thing that, that T-Bear has and that Will has, you know, and sometimes we will challenge each other and just, you know, play one-on-one or play three-on-three or anything else like that. And, it got to the point where it was just, you know, real, where it's just like, you don't call any fouls, you go all the way to the end until somebody wins. And that was just the pride that we all had. And I think the fire that if you, like, everybody who knows Bear, he knows that he's not backing down from anybody. It don't matter how big you are, how, how strong you are, he going to fight you all the way to the end. And hmm. I, I had the same, I have the same um, competitive edge. Will has the same competitive edge. And, you know, I think the first interaction, like playing ball with, with Will, it was just like, you know, there's no way this guy could guard me. There's no I was, like, for people to understand, I was like 160 pounds yeah. my first year at X. And to me, and to me, it was like, you know what? I'm just going to back him down. I'm going to back him down, back him down, and, you know, just pull any basket at any time. And the more I kept trying, the more he kept pushing back. And you could tell that, you know, he had the same, you say, tenacity as as uh, as Bear, where he, he's not backing out, he's not letting you beat him. I, I didn't want, I couldn't allow it. I was couldn't. trying my hardest. And I think the three things, the things that we have in common is, I I could personally say that I was a sore loser. I hate losing, and I think we all do that. We're a sore loser. We hate losing, and we'll do anything just to win. And I think that's really what you know um, made our, our friendship like this, because over the years. Like I said, that was the first time he ever gave me a compliment because I want him to succeed just like he wants me to succeed, but I don't want to say too much or he doesn't want to say too much for my head to be so big, right? So it's always been like that, and it's always always that we try. We always try to, like, you know, challenge each other, like, well, I could do this. Can you do that? Mm. Uh, I did this. Well, let me see what you could do. You know, any challenge that I see on IG or anything, I send it to him. I'm like, let me see. Can you do that? Or he sends it to me, you know, and then you can't, like, what our relationship is, you can't make up an excuse. Like, if you're at the top of the food chain, you got to be able to do it, right? Doesn't matter no matter when. How long you've been off or how long, like, once you're an athlete, it's in your DNA. You got to keep going. So that's our relationship. It's always been, like, you know, competitive, but also a mutual respect. Sure. I want I, I kind of want to ask you what your first year at X was like, because you said, like, you get there. Thinking, thinking you're all that, and then you you realize how how big of a difference the, the jump is from high school to university. Like, yeah. how did you feel about that? How did that like change humbling. your mental, your perspective? Very, very humbling. Uh, because it first started in uh in football in August with training camp, where I think it, we had that's that's back in the days when we had three a days, and went to the first one, went to the second one, and I missed the third one. The same coach who got me to come to that school embarrassed me in front of everybody because I came about 15 minutes late when practice already started. I, I, I slept in, kicked me out. He said, don't come back. I don't want to see you again. 
And that's really how, you know, it started for me. And I was just like, what am I doing here? I really wanted to go home. You know, I, I made a phone call to my mom and she said, just hang in there. You know, if you can't hang in there till December, you know, we, you can pack your stuff and go home. And it was just, you know, reality check that just because you were athletic, just because you were, you know, one of the best in your school, this university, it brings all the best of all the high schools in one. Mm-hmm. Now, who's going to outwork the other, right? And, again, when we started doing uh, the three-sport challenge with the basketball team, with the soccer team, it was just bringing out everything. But I think from my first year, it was just learning more from other people, learning more from the veterans, learning more from the people above me that, your athletic ability can only take you so far. You also got to take in, you know, the sim work, the, the workout, the mental stuff, you know. And uh, I will tell you this, like, we, we used to be in the, in the weight room pretty much all the time. And people thought that we were trying to do, like, we were on steroids or something like, like that. And I remember I remember seeing Guard G in the weight room lifting 315. And he's a basketball player. And I'm like, I can't even lift that. So, you know, that's that's something that was like, okay, I need to motivate myself. I got to be able to lift that much. You know, I can't let a basketball player, like no disrespect mm. to a basketball player, but if you're a football player, you really think that you lift more than a basketball player. It's, I mean, ball players just don't. They, yeah, they don't just Traditionally, lift, but, they, they didn't live in the weight room. They didn't like lifting. Like, they just did not enjoy it. Again, Gary G was just a different beast. And when you see him lifting that, and I'm just like, oh, I got to get in there. So... It was just, it was just like you know, a reality check where you need to do more than just your physical ability because that's not just it, you know. Again, you got to be able to like. That's why I hate. I hate sometimes when people say, "Well, you know, athletes are not smart; they're, they're dumb and stuff like that." Because mm. I pride myself with being smart in the classroom. I pride myself with being smart outside of just my athletic ability. So that's something else that I had to like improve on. To, to, to be at the top, to be to reach the to, to top of the, the, the food chain. So, um, it, my first year was definitely a, a, a reality check. I can I, I can attest to that. I mean, I think my first year, um, even though I wasn't playing a lot and I was like down on the bottom of the food chain, like the very bottom, like one of the last guys to get called into a game. I still like in the back of my mind, I still had this idea that like, yo, like I should be, even though I wasn't even getting a scholarship, like I wasn't even, I wasn't even guaranteed anything. I still was like at the end of the year season, like I was kind of like, man, I don't even want to be here next year. Like they didn't even like, they don't even, they don't even value me. Like I'm, I'm better than what people expect. I should have been playing over so-and-so throughout the whole year. It's the same, same kind of mentality. And I can, and I can also attest like, our relationship kind of grew over the years, especially near the end of uh, the end of uh, our time. Like I, I started working out with uh, with yeah. Koshi and and the rest of his the crew. Mm-hmm. You can you can get kind of dive into that after too about like the black hole and how do you because I'm a, I'm kind of interested if you guys knew each other before you came or if you guys all just kind of clicked and really like set in when you got here. But but before you get to that, like I. I used to work out with these guys and I remember the first, I think it was near the end of my third year going into my fourth year. Um, I realized a lot of the guys on our team still like the party and drink and stuff. And I was like, man, if I want to be at the top of the food chain, like I can't do that. I'm just not, you know, I I don't have the athleticism that Koshi or 
T-Bear have in terms of explosiveness. I'm not going to say I'm not athletic, but it's just a different, it's a different type of athleticism. You know what I mean? So I was like, I want to be on that level. So I'm, and I see these guys working out every day and guys on our team, basketball players just don't enjoy working out. They think, I remember when I first started working out with you guys, even Snacks was telling me like, yo, you're going to get slower. You're going to get, you're not going to be quick. You're not going to be able to jump as high. And I'm in my head. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? Like, that's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So, so I started spending time with these guys and, and every day it was like, it was like, get up early. Let's go run. We're going to run first. Like Tristan, like I'm telling you, like people don't understand, like even if, and I, I remember talking like after we finished, like we would do workouts some day, some days that most profession professional trainers um, would be like, yo, it's honestly like physically you're probably hurting yourself or not getting many benefits, but mentally it was it was more of a mental battle. Like we'd go do a workout, we'd run in the morning when we go do legs in the afternoon, and we'd finish like a like a two hour like a crazy leg workout we'd finish we'd walk upstairs and then guys would be like yo wait a minute like tomorrow we have this tomorrow we have that we got to go back we're going to do upper body and core and like and like everybody every there's like i don't know like five to seven of us maybe there's like a couple of rugby girls like it's a it's a mix of athletes and everybody's kind of looking at each other like who who wants to be the person that's like i'm not doing the workout exactly even though everybody's like yo like we just like we just spent like we're probably three four hours into our day of of working out and trying to get better but what would we do we'd go back and it's again and and koshev i talked about this too is like most most guys like that start moving up the food chain in sports like they're athletic like they the gym is something that separates them from a mental point of point of view like the guys that actually go hard in the gym and like really push themselves it's it's a mental side that they're opening up that other guys that might be as athletic naturally who don't work as hard in the gym, they can't, you know, it's that competitive edge where you look at somebody and you're like, you haven't endured what I put myself through. I know you, you're not going to beat me. I I refuse to allow it. So maybe just touch on the, the, like your connection with who the black hole is, how it formed and how kind of that helped you like physically and mentally. Um, so um, we, the, our core black, the black hole. So we, it was just a bunch of us living on the, uh, in one house while we were at St. Francis Xavier. And we just became, we went in there as friends and we just became family. So, um, it was Kwame and Akeem and I, we, uh, we went, we went into school the same year. We all went into school the same year. I, I remember me and Kwame were on the same flight really didn't speak to each other. If you guys know Kwame, he was just really quiet and just observing uh, everything. Um, <laughs> but we, we clicked like that. And Quasi, um, he, he was a year older than us, so he was already there, but he knew about us because there was another, there was two other guys that were there before us, before all of us, uh, Jonathan Hood and Marvin McCoody. They were all there, so they really, I could say that they really started this whole black hole and once they left, we had to do something, you know, for us. So it was me, uh, my brother, you know, Kwame, Akeem, and Kwasi. We we all lived in the same house. And, you know, so we really wanted to uh, to make each other better. So we, we always, like, even though we had classes, we made sure that after classes, you know, we set a time where we all worked out together, right? We all wanted each other to, like, 
get better, not only just for ourselves, but if we each got better personally, it would help us as a team. You know, we would be able to help as a team. And, you know, we had morning runs with the team during the offseason where we would do that, and like Will said, and then later on we'll go back and start working out, and then people will be like, what are you guys doing? You're like, oh, no, you know what? We want to be better. We're not just going to do what, you know, the team expects us to do, but we'll go beyond, above and beyond that, you know. And like Will said, towards the end of, like, third year, our third year, that's when, you know, it was really that's when he said, you know what, I want to come and work out with you guys. And we really took in our, our – all the, the five of us, we took in a lot more than just basketball players. Like, we had some soccer guys. We had rugby girls. Um, and just work out with us. And to us, you know, it wasn't that, it, it, like he said, we never wanted to quit. We'll go outside and run and we'll go out downstairs and lift and then we'll go upstairs and do some core. And next thing you know, we've been spending about five hours just working out, right? And the thing is, it was like, who really would you will give up first, right? Hmm. We had um, we had this where we would put yourself on the bench and we call it, uh, strip so <laughs> stop or whatever you you, you would take off any piece of clothing that you have right they're the that craziest workout and you know some days sometimes we would come out there with like three sweaters and four socks <laughs> and three because you know like it's gonna be a hard day you never wanted to be out there with just your tights on because then you know like man everybody else still got their clothes and i'm on my i'm in my tights that means you know you're the weak one you know you never wanted to do that and it really helped us to like to push through like will said you know once you put in that work and you know we used to like say mean things to each other while you're doing that so it stimulates a game when you're in the fourth quarter and the fan is right there just yelling at you, you know because i could definitely say that's something that helped me because once i i, I went to uh the bc lions and became a professional and we played in saskatchewan and if you know saskatchewan the old stadium the fans are right there beside you. And they're like, oh, Koshi, you suck. And I turned around, I'm like, that's all you got? Because I've heard worse from, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen at S with all these guys. I've heard worse, you know, they they will they will say things that, you know, that really hurts. But then when you can go through all that, it doesn't matter what anybody else, it doesn't matter what sports you play. It doesn't matter anything else. When somebody tries to put you down, you'll be like, I've heard worse because those guys, they know me best. They know my weakness, they know my strength. And once they keep telling me about my weakness and, you know, picking on me like that, and if I can survive that, you could, I can survive anything else out there in the world. So it really helped us. And, and, and I think uh, Will was one of those first guys that started coming to work out with us. And, you know, he was keeping up with us and stuff like that. And that's how the name Juan Carlos came about. You know, because he was just different. Because if you guys know Will, like I know him, like we met, like he said, he was, you know, this skinny white guy when we first met him he was just no he can't lift anything and you know by the second and third year when he started working out with us you can see muscles and you can see him just like you know standing his ground and we're like you know what confidence was coming around you're one carlos you know we started calling him one carlos it was just it was just different so that's 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 how it all started it was just we we never we just didn't want to embarrass each other but we wanted to uplift each other but by you know working on our weaknesses more so the pressure on each other yeah it's 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 true because it's funny one of my most vivid memories and um i i do before i even say it i remember i remember when we were working out i remember people would start 
jumping in or asking, can I come work out? Yep. And I remember, I remember, I remember the, the number one rule is you can come work out, but if you quit, like, don't come back tomorrow. Like, don't waste our time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want to, we're not going to like, we're going to, we'll hold your hand through the first or two workouts if you're a little slow and, and you're picking up. But if you decide like, yo, these guys are crazy, like, I can't come back. And then you try to come back the next week. It's like, yo, like you, you don't quit. Like, and, and, and I remember one of the first workouts, like I've done with them. I, I kid you not. Like I literally thought my shoulders, like my delts yep. were, I, I thought for, yo, for two weeks, I've never felt pain like that in my life. And I was like, man, like this, this isn't right. Like this is not how you're supposed to feel after a workout. And, and, and the, the inside thing about but that I kept going, that, but yeah, I kept, the inside, I, the inside joke about that is whenever somebody will say, you know, that they wanted to come work out with us, when we go home, we'll come up with a, you know, the stupidest workout, workout. Yeah, the, the hardest workout, because we're just telling you, I'm like, if you work out with us and if you can go through this, then you can make it through everything else because everything else will be easier. Right. And we make it so hard, not just for them, but for us too, because we want to show them like, yo, we do this too. We're not just putting you through this workout, right? And if you can make it through this and you come back, we have respect for you. Then we can, you know, I'll tip my hat off for you. So like I said, there wasn't that many people that came and worked out with us and, just because of that concept, you know? But and, once, and, you, once you uh, once you did the workout and you, you survived and you came back the next day, you know, we embraced you like family and you true. helped out more and more and more. And we kept you accountable. You know, there will be sometimes, you know, you finish class and you're like, I'm going to go take a nap. We're like, also, you're going to take a nap, but you're not going to come and work out with us. Anytime. Uh, and we'll make you feel, we'll make you feel guilty. We're like, you know what? We got a, you know, a 6 a.m. workout. Yeah, but I have a class at 8. That's two. You got two hours mm. between first class. So, you know what? We, we always did that. And I think that's something that just helped us, you know, keep us, each other accountable. For sure. Guys, show if you could do it, if you couldn't do it, I promise you, like, like I said, there was some days, random days where they say, yeah, we're working out tomorrow at 6 a.m. And you just found out it's 11 p.m. and you're working on a paper. You got to make it work somewhere, somehow. Because right. if you want us to keep you accountable, that's how it is. And like Will said, it's it, it wasn't everybody that came and worked out with us. It was a select few just because of how we were chasing greatness, how we were chasing to be great individually and collectively so and i'm pretty sure if you go back and you say any of those guys name i sent first exhibit they'll let you know you know those guys were different those guys did you know something out of the ordinary even some of the coaches were telling us like why are you guys doing this well you know it's not just for us to just do the bare minimum that you guys are asking us we want to go above and beyond because we're chasing greatness that's that's important for a lot a lot of athletes think like even even just general fitness like the general fitness rec- recommendations people are like if i follow these recommendations i'm going to be in shape and i'm yeah. like no like that's that's literally like the bare minimum that's like saying if you it's like getting a 50 it's like you can pass the course sure right. you you get a 50 but there's a lot of other people doing more to get a better mark like you know what i mean same thing with 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 athletics is that like guys think like okay i'm going to go to practice like I'll go to our mandatory lifts and like I, I put in work. I'm like, not really. Like you're just following the like most simple structure in terms of being on a team. So like, like I said, like one of my most vivid memories is there was a guy named Brandon um, Pinkney, Pinkney from, from X. And like coach said, there was this chest workout. You do a hundred reps of chest, you do 40 reps, 30, 20, 10. And if you can't get 
if you couldn't get the 40 reps in a row and you had to take a break, you strip, right? So that was the, I came down in the, I came down to the weight room and, and I had done it a few times, right? Like, you know, I've been close. I've been close. I had my shirt off or something like that near the end. Maybe some, maybe my socks on like a couple things left. This guy was in his, in his compressions and that was it. And, and, and Tristan, the bar was just on his on his chest, okay? Oh, it was helping. No, no, just listen. The bar was on his chest, and and everyone was all these guys, all, the whole black hole. Everybody was around him, and they're and they're, don't help him, don't touch the bar, because the whole time this guy was talking talking crazy, being like this easy workout, I got this, like just oh, like no. one of those just one of those guys that's like, you know, like he was confident, like he was confident in his abilities. And these guys were like, like Koshi saying, like, he's like, oh, okay, let's put him through a tough workout. Let's see what he's made of. And it was just like, it stuck with me to this day. It's like, man, like, it's great to be confident. It's great to be cocky, but you also have to have like, you also have to be reasonable and rational when it comes to like what your what the confidence, confidence and cockiness is, is, mm-hmm. is going towards because you never know who you're going up against. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, that like, that's something to me that stood out where I was like, man, like some people just don't, just don't, don't understand. They can't see like what's in front of them. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't see that how hard you guys had worked for the year, two or three years leading up to that. He thought like kind of how you thought your first year, like, I'm just going to jump into this group and, and, exactly. and run with them. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm the line of the group. Yeah. So, uh, how how many people in that in that black hole w- went on to play pro or went above and beyond university? Everybody, we See? all did. yeah. Everybody play. Everybody uh, went on to play pro. So that was the great thing for all of us because you know, it, like I said, we all went in there as brothers. I mean, as as friends, but we all came out as brothers. Sure. And you always want your brother to excel. You always want your brothers to be good, right? And till this day, we still talk. You know, when I got married, they were all my best, uh, my my groomsmen, just like everybody, each and every single one of us. We're all groomsmen to each other's wedding, right? And we 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 hold each other accountable. Even to this day, now that we're older, you know, that fire is still burns in us, you know. But we're more more uh, more mature and more wiser and knowing exactly, you know, I could do this or I can't do that. Because once you're young, anything you challenge me to, you know, I'm gonna do regardless if I'm going to lose or not. But the older you get, you know, you still want to be like, okay, well, I know my abilities. I know my limits. I can do this to this point and to this degree. And I think mm-hmm. uh, it really, it really, um, it really helped us, like, as growing up, trying everything that you can give. Because I don't right. know if I told you this, Will, but some of the workouts that we were doing and we just found out that um, we were given some workouts, like, the DB workout that I was doing was actually a linebacker workout. <laughs> a linebacker workout that Mark was doing was actually like a, a D-line workout. So it was, we didn't know until the end. We're like, no wonder we were struggling. But it really helped us, you know, get to that point. And just a quick story. Well, I never told you this, but um, one of those days, I think it was a day off, uh, Quasi and I were like, we went back to, um, to the locker room. We're like, you know, let's just do core. And because we know each other, so we, we had flip-ups on because we're like, there's no way we're going to work out if we have flip-ups on, right? So we went downstairs to the dungeon, and we saw, you know, a few guys doing the workouts that we were doing, like, like earlier on. And we're like, oh, really? So they had the bar set, 
for squat at like 385 or something like that. And we yeah. I looked at Quasi, I'm like, he's like, go ahead. I went underneath the bar, I'm like, are you guys using this? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, our, our max rep. I was like, okay. I get underneath the bar and I go down. I'm like, one, two, all the way to 10. No warm up and flip flop. Put it back. And then Quasi, all right, let's go do some core now. And we walked out. So before we left, we're just sitting there. And we could hear them talking like, did you see that? You know, it was just crazy because some of the things that we would do, people would be like, okay, you guys got definitely got to be on steroids. But it took a lot of years, a lot of practice to get there. A lot of hard work. You know, 385 for no warm-up and just flip-flop. It, it sounds crazy, but it's just like that's how hard we work to just get to that level. You know, like, like, like Will said, it wasn't just – something that was easily given to us yeah mm-hmm. we have all uh you know our god-given ability but we also had to work to get to the point where we got so it was very very you know a grateful and humbling experience to be at x with all those guys meeting those people you know i joke a lot that i never went to x but it's something that's part of my life that i can never take away because it helped me you know a lot well that, that's why i'm not surprised to hear that you all of you guys went on to play pro because you guys were all you guys were putting in significantly more work than everyone else right and and it it just goes to show it takes that kind of mentality and that kind of work ethic to like reach your potential or go on and and separate yourself from the pack right yeah yeah do do uh when so when you say that uh tristan like when i tell you these guys were disrespectful like (laughs) <laughs> once they got to that level, once they were at the top of the food chain in their their third, fourth, fifth year, whatever year they stayed there till, they would do stuff like that. Like they, Enoch would come in, like a guy would be benching like three plates and ten yep. for one or two reps, and we'd literally walk in to work out, right? And he'd be like, "Yo, do you mind if I I jump on?" The guy'd be like, "Yo, yo, do you uh, you want me to take some plates off?" He's like, "No, no, that's fine." And just like bang out eight reps, and the person would just be looking at him with the feet up, with the feet up, by the way. And and and. And I would just be like, in, in my head, I'm like, yo, like these guys just want to just dominate everybody mentally in the school, yeah. just to let them know who the right who there, is man. at who is at the top. It's, it's exactly the thing, like you said, well, if I can beat you mentally, I already won the battle because I know physically you can't keep up with me. So but talk talk about you, the, if you I talk for you mentally, it's a wrap. I know I'm winning already. Were you? I I heard you were a notorious uh, trash talker on the field. Is that is that tr- is that accurate? Did you used to talk trash to your your matchups? No, 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 no. That that was quasi. That was oh, quasi. wasn't you? To me, I, I was silent. The moment you start talking to me, I will never stop. You know, and just like for for Kwame and Akeem, they're com- completely different because they wouldn't say a word. They would just let their game talk, right? Mm. And but in practice, Akeem and I would go at it twenty four seven, and we're roommates. You know, we. We would go out there, and I would not let him catch the ball. He would not let me catch the ball. He would try to catch everything, and he would try to embarrass me. I would try to embarrass him. It literally went as far as we would try to fight at practice, and the coaches wouldn't say anything because they knew that we were trying to bring the best out of each other, and they'll be like, they wouldn't say anything. they just look at us, you know. But Quasi was that guy where he would talk 24-7, and we won't stop. And it was just like, like I said, once you get into somebody's head mentally, mm-hmm. it's over. You know already you won. And, like, for us, it was from the weight room. And when we brought it to the game, it was just like, when I look at you, if I could get into your head, 
that's it. Because I know that you're not going to be focused. You're only going to be focused on what I'm saying. And for me, one thing that I, like he said, I will let you talk. I will let you talk. But I will also do my research on every mm. player that I will go against. Interesting. Um, not, really? Not just on, you know, what they like to do or what their, their, their good thing or their weaknesses are, but off the field. Because I know if I can mention something that, you know, that <laughs> gets Man. you in the head, that's it. That's my advantage. You know, I will, I will research you. I will do all, all that stuff and make sure I'm like, oh, I know that you did this. Oh, I know that, you know, last year you didn't play because so-and-so did this and you did that. You, you got in trouble with the law. Oh, yeah. The cops are coming. Anything else like that? Anything that I can just say? The moment that I say something and you reply back to me, I'm winning. Because I know that you're actually listening to me. And when you're listening to me, you're not focused on your play. You're not focusing on what Interesting. you're Interesting. That's it. I already got you out of the game. Because especially for us on defense, I'm reacting to what you're doing. Right? You already know what you're doing. But if you know what you're doing and then you have to, uh, you have to listen to me and try to talk back to me, not too many people can do many things all at once like that. Right. So that's how I know I'm already in your head. And it, it was to me, it was just it, it was just one. And I think I, it, it, it helped. It helps. I think it helps a lot in life and everything else like that, because if you can block out all the outside noise and focus on one thing, you can achieve anything that you want. It's so that's true. so true. Like, well, how do you ha- like you must feel a ton of that, like people like trying to block out the voices with what you're doing top of the food chain and like for sure. Posting pictures of yourself or like these challenges, like how do you? Hundred percent. I mean, it's not. It's it's obviously uncomfortable for other people that you know maybe not know me on that that side of uh, the front. But I mean, like, you know, running a a wellness and fitness page, like that's gonna come up. Even even Koshi's one of the people. Put put your clothes on, Mm, because our relationship our relationship's not like us down in the dungeon, like looking at each other, like you know, with like small shorts on and stuff, it was, it wasn't built on that. Right. So it's just, it's, it can be uncomfortable and, and yeah, like people, especially with the internet, like trolls and people can say anything, but what Koshi's saying is a great, great example is that like, you have to be able to focus on whatever it is that you're doing and you want to be good at and, and put your energy into that and not worry about whether somebody says something silly, whether it's a sarcastic joke or whether that it's really somebody's personal feelings and like they're upset about stuff. Like mm. at the end of the day, like you, you got to put your, yourself, your family first and, yep. and, and, and worry about like what matters to you. And even if somebody doesn't understand something, it, if, if you're okay with that, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like what you said, like people say stuff to me all the time. Like it doesn't really bother me. And I learned, I learned a lot of that at X. It shouldn't. He, he went through all that training. Man, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like people, it. it you got to understand, like in in life, like I think I think Koshi touched on grades that those guys worked out together and and pushed each other. And I got I was I was blessed enough to be able to be accepted kind of into that group and and use that as a way for me to hold myself accountable to to that that standard. Right. When, once you once you can put yourself around people that um, have the same energy and the same um, strive to to climb the food chain and to be the best version of yourself, it just it just makes it makes things so much easier because you know like at the end of the day like they're they're going to be doing the exact same thing you're going to be doing like you don't have to question like yo 
when I go home for the summer, is Koshi, Enoch, Kwame, Akeem going to be, are they going to be working hard? Like I'm, I'm in Halifax by myself. Like I know I'm going to be grinding, but like, I don't even have to think about those things. The thing I think about is like, when I come back to X, I want to be more athletic and stronger than those guys saw me before I, before I left, because I want them to be like, yo, this guy worked harder than me. Like I wanted to be like, I want to come back every year and be like, I worked the hardest this summer. Like I'm going to show the, the greatest growth coming into this year and I'm going to keep it going. And even, I remember even uh, when we were in, in, I think with my last year, I think one, I think Dylan had asked me like, do you work out like hard in season? And I was like, I do. And that's like one thing that people don't really, a lot of things with, especially basketball players, it's like, okay, I worked really hard in the off season, but I'm going to like, I'm just not going to work out anymore during season it's like okay like how does that how does that translate anybody that knows anything about lifting weights is that once you stop for for a significant period of time you're gonna decline like like you're just not gonna keep that strength so like yeah it can be a little hard at certain times but being working out with a, a group of guys that don't like you know what i mean like okay boo-hoo sad story like how are you getting better it's it's much easier to be like i'm gonna push myself to things that nobody else on the basketball team had ever even dreamed of doing in terms of like taking their body to the next level. Because like Koshi says, like to climb the food chain is mentally mental and physical. Right. So for me, I was playing catch up my entire life in terms of basketball. Like I only started in grade grade nine, grade 10. So I was, I was already like years behind skill wise of what most other players were. So when I got to X, I realized that most basketball players don't have the same, you know, um, work work ethic and and drive in the gym to take their body to that level. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm I'm on an even playing field here. Let me go work out with these guys who are at at the top of that, yeah. and let me that I know automatically. I just I can handle something. I can control something that I can control. I can't control the years that I missed playing sports that I'm playing against the guys I'm playing against, but I can control what my body is like in five years. And I think it's important that Koshi said, like he started at a young, he started learning his first year. It's really important for athletes that go to college to understand, like you might have aspirations about, you know, being all rookie and all these things, but you have to work hard every day to, to see, to get to where you want to be in your senior year means you got to start at a rookie year. Like you can't just come in thinking like, I'm going to reach my peak in my, my, my senior year without really doing much until my third, my fourth year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's, that's definitely something that was instilled with me by, by, um, working out with these guys every day. Did you find, do you think kids should work out with it? Like try to find a group of guys that they, that they click with and, and hold it. Cause I mean, do you think it was much easier to hold each other accountable than it would have been to hold yourself accountable? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, it, it's working out by yourself. Yeah, that's fine. You know where your limit is, and you're not going to push you above your, your limit. But when you work out with somebody else, they're going to push you above your limits. You know, mm -hmm. And especially when you work out with somebody who really knows you, somebody not just in the weight room, but like you spend some time, too, outside the weight room, outside just playing sports they really know you like inside out they really know your weakness and your strength and they're always going to hold you accountable and that's like that's what i keep reiterating with all those guys like we, we went in there as just friends where it was just like you know we'll, we'll play sports together but then we came out as brothers because we spent a lot of time with each other like we 
we've been out of school for 10 years now and we still talk to each other every single day we still you know we know each other's like strength and weakness we try to help each other like become better as a man right and when you know who you're working out with and that person is holding your account it's definitely a surplus what, what are you up to now? I know uh, Will mentioned you're living in, in Houston. Um, yeah. What's what? Where's your life at now? Uh, right now, I'm in the middle of just deciding if I want to, you know, keep it in gear for another year or two, or just hang them all up. You know, it's it's, it's it's becoming a hard decision, but you know, the competitive side in me still wants to do it. But that's that's play football. Yeah, but with everything going on right now with the COVID-19 and all of this, you know, just trying to focus on, like we'll say, trying to take put family first, first. Mm. You know, that's the first goal for me. So I'm here just, thank you, just enjoying enjoying life for now. So, so you were, you, you, you were, you went, the reason you're in Houston is to play football? Is that weird? Like, are no, you no, no, no. Um, I met my wife here, so we got married. And whoever knows me, they know that I don't like the cold. So here it's 32 degrees outside. Trust, so we're just getting I, big snowstorm right now. Yes, yes. I you know. I always get this. Oh, but you're a football player. You play, you know, you play sports in the snow and outside. Yeah, there was a reason why. You know, it was you know, that competitive edge and you know, yeah. for that. But if you were to tell me to just go outside and stand outside in the cold, I don't think I would do it. So therefore, I, you know, I enjoy the hot weather. I enjoy the summer. So mm. that, um talk talk about when you when you went to the uh combine so anybody that doesn't know like like whether it's nfl or cfl there's there's combines um to to kind of scout players and figure out if you're going to draft them or if you'll you may might sign them as a free agent or whatnot yeah did you in terms of your 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 kind of journey as an athlete from high school to university and then university to cfl um were you ever like uncomfortable? Like, I know, I know that those guys like pushed you. Um, you still there? Yo, so yeah. did I know those guys? You guys push each other a lot to like, you know, levels that you you uh, may may not have thought like going in the first year. But were you ever uncomfortable in in the in the draft process, like the scouting? Did you ever did? we always talk about being uncomfortable helps you grow um, yeah. as a person like was it was it was it weird like having to go through that process and then try to figure out whether you're going to be signed like just a or or get drafted like a kind of like the feeling of of not knowing what's going to happen and having to like put put everything out there um it's like you say it's just trying to put everything out there and let it let the pieces fall where it may um for me, it was a little bit different because I don't know if you remember, but my fourth year, I missed the first game of the season. It was a kick return, and I'm returning. As soon as I catch it, run, 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 and I get tackled in the pal. And there, it was against uh, St. Mary's. There was a guy who tackled me at the top, grabbed me, so I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going down. So I loosen up all my and I'm just like, you know, I'll let me go down. And then somebody comes and grabs me by the legs. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the wrong thing that I should have done. I should have just, you know, kept trying and then go down. But I just relaxed completely. He grabbed my ankle, one grabbed me at the top, and it twisted me. And when he twisted me, uh, my ankle swelled up. My knee was Yes, I, rem- I remember. Yeah, okay. 
So I missed the first four games of the season. And this is my draft year. And I'm just like. That's a lot in football for people, too. Like that's, that's not four basketball games. Is he? Yeah, I come back for the next four games. I'm limping the whole time, but I can't show it to my opponent, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm also grateful because I also you know I was my first two the other two years I was I was playing corner and I was doing so well that when I came back they didn't even look my way. The quarterback didn't even attempt to throw my way, right? So I was like, okay, well this is good. I don't really have to do much because I'm also I'm also playing on on one leg and. You know, I got about a month or two to heal up when the season was over and then get ready for the combine, get into the combine. I wasn't fully healed, but I couldn't tell that to the coaches, right? And some of the questions that they were asking me, how come you didn't get any balls thrown your way and stuff like that? You know, I never got tested. I couldn't tell them because I was hurt. I was just telling them, you know, I was that good and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But going into my combine, I was hurt. And every numbers that I did, it wasn't everything that I wanted to do, but I was satisfied with it. Is it, are you there, Tristan? I'm here. Is, can you hear him? No, no, it's uh, his, his connection is definitely... Hopefully, everything is going into our can you hear me now? Kind of. You're 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 you you're going through like 10, 15 second. Um, we, we just we just missed the part where uh, you were at the combine. We your numbers you weren't satisfied with. Okay, yeah, I wasn't really satisfied with all the numbers that I that I did, but I also knew that you know whichever team that will pick me, you know they'll get the best version of me because I know the work that I put in to get to that level. Even though like you know it was a step back with. It was a step back with uh, the injury because once the combine is over, you got about four months before the season of the football season start. Right. And I'll definitely take that time, you know, to get better. And I know going back to X, I would have all those guys to help me reach my goals and help me, you know, get to that level. So it wasn't really an issue. But, you know, going in there, it was it was kind of, you know, you get that anxiety like oh man i didn't do what i was supposed to do so they're gonna look at me It was always, I always had a chip on my shoulder because I felt like I wasn't where I was supposed to, or personally where I thought I was supposed to be. So not only to like prove to the coaches, but it was also to prove to myself that, you know what, the work that I put in will pay off one day or another. Sure. And that must have kind of helped you to have that chip on the shoulder going forward, no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it, it, it really... Is is there is there another spot in the house that might that might have a better connection? Yeah. Sorry, we you like it. it um, I can't. We're not hearing a lot of the stuff you're saying right now. It's almost as if like you're cutting right right as you're giving your um 
the fire. Your explanations. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> a little bit. A little That's... choppy. That should be all right. It must be Trump. Listen, you know he's recording that, 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 this call, right? He, he's going to hear you. He, hey, so, so, um, when uh, when uh, you were at X, um, Tristan knows I came close to winning the AUS championship. Um, I never got to, and my like my pro career never really uh, took off or anything. You, on the other hand, you lost some tough AUS championships. Um, tell 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 us like, and then you you got to we talked about you won two great great cup championships. So like, was that kind of like satisfaction in a sense where it's like you came so close in your in your university years and then when you got to the pros which is even you know you're higher up on the food chain you actually got to achieve like the greatest you know the greatest apex or you know climax of an athlete can uh, experience like was it was it kind of like redemption in a sense yeah um in uh in the AUS I think my last three years First one we lost by one point. The second one we lost by two point, and the third one we lost by six or seven point. You know, it was just out of fourteen. Like the thing that gets us to this day is that there was only four teams in the AUS, and with all of us going pro, with all the talents that we had on the team, we couldn't not one championship. You know, it still hunts us to this day. But I think we get we we were happy for for Santa Fe football team when they won the championship, you know, it felt like we did something, you know, like we helped out to get there because I feel, you know, um, the work ethic that we, we did down there while we were there. Once we left, I know Snyder went back and he was coaching and he was, he would tell stories about how we would work out, you know, put those guys to the same workout. So when they won, you know, even us, the older guys who've been gone for years, sure. we felt like, so even though we couldn't have, we didn't do it. They did it. Like it, it felt good for us, you know, out of four teams to have so many pros but not being able to win and getting to um, to professional and playing in the CFL. I think my uh, my first championship was very. Uh, how do I say this? It was basically my team playing versus my brother's team in the championship. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I think so. The, um, the parents all, are happy because somebody's so one of you guys that, are bringing home the trophy. So out of uh, out of that group, uh, so quick story background: Akeem and I, it pretty much in the black boy was me, Akeem, Nock, uh, uh, Kwame, and Quasi. And when we got to the championship, me and Akeem got drafted. First of all, me and Akeem got drafted to the same team, so we're always together with each other. So we went our first year. No, our second year we went to the championship, and we faced Enoch's team in the championship, and we won. So it was three X Men in the championship, and two of us won, right? But it, you couldn't help but see like we we also had like all the other guys came in and watched the game. So it was just like it wasn't just because Akeem and I won the game, but it was just like a proud moment that all the hard work that we did and we put in got us to that level, you know. Even though it was Enoch who didn't win, you know, at the end of the day, it was like we were happy, but also sad for him, but not, you know, being able to win and, and enjoy that. But the fact of the matter is that we all made it to that level 
to the highest degree level, even though we made it, like, you know, and at Cinefix, we made it, we went back to like three, three years in a row, but we lost all three years. But to get to this level and winning, it was very, very humbling. It was very something like that we, we cherish to this day and um, very grateful for it. Did, did you did you actually feel bad for Enoch, though? Yes, yes. True story. Um, once the confetti started coming down. Wow. I've never seen that 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 side of you before. <laughs> Listen, it's not everybody who sees that. Like, when the confetti started going down, you know, everything else was going like, you know, the team, the, the losing team was walking back to the locker room while we were still on the field. And I ran to him, you know, I just gave him a hug and I said, you know, congratulations for making this far. I know you're still inside, but don't be, you know, you, you, you worked your hardest and, you know, you're still here. There's more out there, right? So he went I- back and... My family was torn in, in two because they were like, should we celebrate with you or should we go back with him? And I, I just told them, you know what, you know, go go back with him at the hotel and I'll meet you guys later. Mm. Celebrated with my team in the locker room and we did all that. And once we finished, we met up with him um, in, um, in his hotel. You know, it was, you know, kind of gloomy because the whole team was there in their hotel. And then they see me. I just won. But then I'm coming there. But like my brother's there, you know, even though I won, I still want to be there for him so it was you know in one part i'm celebrating in the one part trying to be there for him too so uh that's a crazy situation that situation but it was tough that's really crazy um were any of the players on their team like did anybody like feel away like did anybody say anything to you or did they did you just kind of like sneak in and talk to him and see him Oh, no, they didn't really say much because um, I think a lot of people knew our relationship that we, we really talked to each mm-hmm. other a lot and we're always we're so close that regardless of what it is, you know, even sometimes they would tell us, like, oh, did you talk to your brother? Like, you guys know what's going on in their team, in their team this week. And one thing, because we know the mental part that comes in and trying to, like, get to that person's head, I think every year when we played each other, we never talked on the phone just because I don't want to say anything that's going to tip him off or tip his team off to get an advantage edge. But, like, every other thing, it was just like, okay, well, we played this team. This is how they're going to play you guys. This is what you guys should do. Mm. Ask him, like, okay, how do you guys think this team will play us? And he'll give you, the, you know, their notes, and I will give him their notes. But when it came to playing each other, it was just dead silent for a whole week until the game is over. That's um, insight because you, you think of, like, just even looking at the NBA, how many siblings are are within the NBA? Like, like uh, Giannis, his brothers, and then like, all the twins, like Gasol and Lopez. Like, it's an interesting look to hear from someone who's experienced something like that, who has a sibling yeah. in the same, and especially at the magnitude in the championship game, where like you think of Steph Curry and like all that kind of stuff, right? So that, that's yeah. that's that's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, how how was it? Like you talked about how you and Akeem used to match up all the time at X. Did did that continue at uh, in in BC, or did yeah. you like? <laughs> it definitely, it definitely. Like I say we have that uh, that uh, that that fire inside of us that's just like I don't want to let him win. It wasn't as aggressive or as strong as it was in uh, in college, but it was still like you know I see him, I'm I'm coming against him. Mm. You know, and some of the coaches will be like, you know what, you're going against him. I was like, I do this all the time, like. There's no point, you know, but from time to time, you know, we would do it and we'll just bite each other. Um, is for for pro sports is for for kids listening. Um, 
you know, is it, is it all like, is everything like cherries? Like, you know, is that your dream? Like you, you played pro sports, like, was it everything amazing or are there things that are going to come with like playing pro that kids um, listening might want to be like, okay, like I, I need to be professional. Like, like, you know, we talk about top of the food chain stuff. I'm sure you, you've been around guys on your teams that physically, like they just, a lot of things came to them naturally. Whereas like, you know, you had a natural ability, but you worked really hard, but I'm sure there's guys that came from the States that like, you know, might've been, might've been uh, the professional side of things might've been a more of a struggle for them than it might be for you because you, those were instilled at you at X, whereas like work, you know, work came first. Like I, I'm working on myself. Whereas like somebody just showing up being like, I'm the best player. Like I'm going to do whatever I want kind of thing. Like what, what would you tell a kid that's going to play pro? Like to, what are some things that. First and foremost is if you're the best at what, where you are, the level that you're at, just know that, the higher up the food chain that you go, it's the exact same people. They're all the best at where they're coming from. You just got to find the, uh, a competitive edge that you have over them. What can you do more that can be more valuable to your team? Mm. And as a professional, um, you get there, they, you know, you have a work while, while the season is there. It's, it's everything that you, you see on TV. It's everything that's there. But there's always, you know, a backstory, a back, like it's some in the background that they don't tell you. There's a lot of players that play that while they're hurt. They're not always 100%. There's a lot of politics that goes behind it. There's so much stuff that goes beyond it. But when it comes to game day, it's just like your time to just read and ignore all that. And I think the biggest thing that that was already installed in me was, you know, while the season is going on, you have to do what you know, they require you to do. But once the season is over, they basically tell you, you know what? You're off for six months. Come back in six months. But you better be better than what you were when you left here. Mm. You have to do it on your own. And they're not giving you any instructions. They're just mm. telling you, you have six months off. Come back better. And when they say come back better, so if you get in trouble with the law, that's on you. And you mm. can lose everything, right? If you don't know how to work out, that's on you because if you come back the same that you were last year, they'll rather pick somebody else who has a higher potential than you because you've already had one year under your belt and you didn't get better. Right. That's not good enough. Right? Interesting. So every year you have to be better than what you were the previous year. You always have to find something that like makes there's you. There's no handouts. No, there's no if and buts. There's no. You have to be better than what you were last year. Right. And, and I'm telling you, we give you six months. Yeah. What are what can you do for me? You know, what, what's the last thing that, what's the best thing that you've done? What have you done for me lately? Basically, that's the biggest line that we always tell each other. What have you done for me lately? Because it doesn't matter what you did two years ago. It's what did you do now? Or that was better from last year. And, and that's, you, that's where the difference comes from. Because in university, like, coaches are giving you summer plans and, and workouts to kind of assist you. And in on you and so to hear that in pro sports it's basically it's like it's totally up to you you come back with with, with the amount of work and um i think it just stems back to like all the way back as a kid and your parents stressing the importance of education yes you're lucky because you were you came from a family that instilled hard work into you where will mentioned someone who just made it to the top based on god-given genetics and, and talent 
they don't have that work ethic and they're going to get screwed over when there's no one else to help like hold their hand for them right yeah definitely and you can definitely identify that because if somebody's just you know using their abilities and not going above and beyond to get better you can definitely identify that and then like you said for me it was just from a young age always been stressed that you know you got to work hard just because you're good at this doesn't mean that you know you're the best at it somebody else out there is also as good as you but is putting in more work to be better than you mm-hmm. you got to continue to do that so from high school to going to university it was the same like now it wasn't my parents but it was you know the guys that I was around me that were around me you know forcing me and pushing me to get to that level and then when you get to you know the professional level you also mm-hmm. got and those other guys that can keep you accountable people that can keep you accountable coaches that you know that can keep you accountable because some of the coaches they'll call who they feel like they want to call but if you reach out and they're like oh well he really wants to learn or he really wants to do this you know they'll send you film they'll send you workouts but then it's up to you to do the work right because you, you could be given you know the best facilities everything like the best workout the best nutrition but if you're not willing to you know get the advantage edge you're not going to go far you know there's some people that have everything handed to them but they're like they're taking it for granted right and i think for us um being at san francisco xavier um i think right now from the pictures and everything that i'm seeing it looks fantastic and i wish we had that facility <laughs> what we had it was first of all we we came out there the field was completely grass and it had like bumps and everywhere so running there you you know you miss a spot or you miss you running and then you'll be like oh shoot i ran into a puddle or something like that you know uh the lights weren't as bright you know in the weight room the weights were some of them were chipped some of them weren't even even the bars weren't like that so we we didn't have the best um equipment but we made the most out of it so now when i see things like, you know, the locker room, how it is, the field, how it is, you know, changing everything at St. Francis Xavier. I'm just saying, like, if those guys have the same hunger that we did with all that facility and all that, they can excel, they can excel and achieve way much more than what we have, what we achieve, because they're already a step ahead of us in terms of what the facility is. And like I said, you can be presented with all that stuff, but if you don't have you know, the mentality to be like, okay, I need to put in the work, not just my ability. You're not going to go far. Mm-hmm. Compared to somebody who is just working by themselves at home with no weights, but just running, they're working more harder than you because you have all this and you feel like, oh, that's okay. So it's it's also what you got, like, do you have that heart inside of you? It's a great point. You're pretty much saying, like, take advantage of what you guys have because just because you have amazing you know top of the line facilities now isn't going to necessarily you still need the the mentality of work like that's those aren't just naturally going to make you better like you still have to put in work um i want to ask you this is a kind of a question that just came up most people that enter say a professional workplace um or environment especially in a team environment um you know, most things are set in stone, like, you know, in a law firm or in a practice or like, but playing pro sports, talk about the fact that you make 
so many relationships, yet so many people just are traded, released. Um, mm -hmm. Talk about the difficulty in terms of being a pro athlete and having to kind of navigate um, between playing against your brother, um, playing with friends, then having them be released, and then seeing them struggle, maybe trying to get picked up on another team, or just that whole... It gets. I think it's get lost in translation. Translation in terms of, it's such an amazing like, it's the dream job. Yet there's all these things like you can be, you can make like a best friend, and then you know a week later he's gone, or yeah. uh, you know the politics in your, and then you gotta, you gotta hold your tongue when you're meeting with somebody that just lied to you, or, you know, did did a friend dirty, and you're like in your head you're like, yo, like I don't even really want to talk to this guy right now. I'm pissed at the coach. Like talk about that that aspect in terms of that kind of gets over overshadowed by the fact that you guys are pro athletes, kind of like gods among men in terms of athletics. Like there's also the mental side of what you guys have to deal with in terms of just like being, you know, a human and and dealing with these things. Yeah, like you said, we're all human. We also have emotion. When you when you get to that level, like you say, you make friendship, and next thing you know, the next week that person's gone, and a lot of and this is the background of professional sport. A lot of the guys that are out there, the first thing that you always had to do, I got to look out for me because they, you and I play the same position and they need one person and me and you are best friends. Got to do anything that I can because this is how I see my family. This is how you see your family. But one of us is not going to make it. Right? And that's where it becomes hard because like we worked hard together. We did all this together, but then mm. they one and it's like do they pick me or do they pick you but then it's like whoever you know performs the best who gets picked who's gonna get picked on and i think for me uh i have a lot of people that i know but i always select a few you know people that i want to be too close to because it's like you never know it, one day you guys are close and the next day you're gone and mm -hmm. quick story um at Cinefx, uh, when it was the recruiting time, I was, to me, it was just like, I never wanted to take any any young guys as a recruit when they came in for a recruiting trip or anything else like that because my mentality was like, he's just here for a recruiting trip. Who says he's going to come and help us next year? You know, mm -hmm. my, you know, the, the, the rest of the black hole, they were always there. They were always telling me, why, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you doing this? What if he comes and he helps us? And I was like, until... August when training camp starts. If he's here, then you know I'll reach out to him. But when he comes for like recruiting trip, I'm not. I, I don't want to do that because you never yeah. know. And that befriend was, him. Yeah, that was my mentality because I, I don't know if he's gonna be here to help us or if he's just trying to enjoy the trip, you know. And I think for me, just thinking like that when I became a professional, it was just the exact same thing. You gotta, you know, business is business. Everything else is aside. You have to try and put your emotions aside when it comes. The professional sport which is you know the hardest part because we're all human we all have emotion whether you want to show it or not it's all deep inside of us and to try and separate from us and that's that's what separate you know professional athletes compared to other people is that you have the ability to separate that quicker than most and not being able to just let it linger and be like oh my gosh my best friend just left how is he going to feed his family? And you have a game tomorrow and all that is still in your head, right? And it's hard, it's tough, but 
it, it, it happens constantly every single day. It's just you have to be able to block all that. And again, talking about blocking stuff out of the head, like me being able to be in there with all those guys and going to all those workouts and then talking all this smack on like trying to block all this stuff while we're working out. When you get to this level and you see this, this is this is not just a workout. This is not just a joke, but this is real life. Mm-hmm. You gotta find a way to block that. You gotta find a way to just be like, yeah, I was sympathetic for you know so and so because he has a wife, he has kids. But you also gotta make sure that you do the exact same. You you know you excel at your to the best of your ability because if you don't, you're the next one. You're the one who's gonna be gone next week because. That's that's just how it works. It's a revolving door sometimes. It's crazy that it's crazy how like a lot of what you learned at X has helped you kind of navigate and build you like, you know, a lot of people I'm sure I'm sure you've played with guys that struggle with handling that. You know, I'm sure like I, I bet you have stories of like teammates like getting mad, like like, you know, being really upset about guys being traded or released or not, you know, not signed. Um and it's crazy that you learn this in university when you know when players come into the program usually they're guaranteed to be there for four five years unless they unless they decide themselves like they quit you know what i mean or their marks aren't good enough like it's usually you're guaranteed whereas like you then you move up a level and nothing is pretty much guaranteed you can be cut you can be traded you can be released pretty much whenever yeah. the de- the team deems necessary so it's interesting that you you learn that in, at a level where that wasn't even kind of, you know, that's that's not normal, right? Like that wasn't even a, a you, like nobody, it wasn't a thing really. And 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 to say another thing, it's like it's not all this to have to be able to like move up the food chain to be able to like you know distinguish what you need to do to to be better. It's not just in sport because it happens in everyday life. When I talk to my wife and when she at work and you know it's the exact same thing one of her friends that she's been close to just you know got fired and she's got to be able to detach herself emotionally from that and still be able to you know do her job perform doesn't she'll be gone the next day so it's not just in sport but it's like in real life and that's why i say it's like we're all human just because on tv doesn't make us better than everybody else we're we still have the same red blood that everybody else and the same thing Mm -hmm. that a regular person goes through to the nine to five at work is the exact same thing that uh that sure. we go. Through. It's just ours is magnified like to, to the tenth degree. That's right. Um, Will, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to ask um, before we get because uh, Koshi, we always ask our guests like a simple question as we're kind of signing off. But yeah. Will, before we get there, is there anything you wanna you wanna get? Uh, if, I, I was. I mean, if you want to, if you have any questions for us or if you want to like tell us like mm-hmm. any, any like story that, you know, that you want to tell us. I'm still waiting for my sweater. Your sweater? Yeah. Hey, you, you, you got that lawyer money. So once that, 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 once that, that, that e-transfer you that comes in. You got that lawyer money too. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, uh, coaching, we just, we, we, we kind of want to just end this on, um, uh, what does top of the food chain mean to you and how does it directly apply to your everyday life? Um, to be at the top of the food chain is to be distinguished from everybody else, to be able to, um, 
make the most out of what you have to be the best version of you at that time, not the best version of everybody else around you, but the best version of you. You know, if you can continue to just strive for greatness for yourself mm. and not what other people try to install in you, you're definitely going to be at the food chain. And I think being at the top of the food chain, it changes, you know, for some people it's every year, for some people it's every month, you know, you, you make a goal and once you achieve, you don't just settle, you want to get more. And I think for me, the biggest thing is to be the best version of me at this moment, because I can't compare, you know, my chapter of my life right now compared to, you know, chapter of his life right now. Right. Know, it's two different things, two different people, right? I want to be the best version of me today, you know, and that's just something that's that, that's at the top of the food chain for me. That's, so, that's a great answer. You definitely exemplify that and just getting to know your story a little bit more. It's, it's apparent that how much you owe like your hard work and, and how, how that's been instilled through you. Um, it's, it's super apparent to uh, listen um, and, and not only just to sports for you, it's your family, it's your job, it's, it's the people you love most. Right. So, yeah. so I just want to say thank you for kind of sharing that story. It was, it's been eye-opening and inspirational for someone like me who's just trying to climb the food chain uh, myself so um i I just want to touch on on something that like we touched on a bit with our last guest is the fact that like i think it's really important for people to hear what what koshi's saying about his family and about his parents and the fact that in this country um you you have you have hateful people that kind of make these excuses and these like these these even in the states about immigrants and um you know they don't work hard or they like they want everything handed to them and the stuff and and the the fact is from what my experience is with listening to you listening to fulu is that like it's the opposite it's almost like we you need to open your mind to the fact that a lot of people that are coming to canada or the states are instilling work ethic that mo- like a lot of people that may have been born here like don't have because they're more entitled because they're privileged and it's really important to hear stories of your parents of you and how they kind of push you to climb the food chain to not accept just being okay or not accept being mediocre average you know what i mean i I think it's really important to to uh hear that because it's definitely something in society especially white society that kind of gets pushed like this idea that people are just coming here to, to, to feed off of other people when it's, it's the opposite. They're yeah. coming here to eat and, and feed their family and, and work harder than most people work. And that's why they get insecure because they see how hard people are working and they're like, man, like now I got to work this hard to, to do the same thing. I don't want to work this hard. Mm. Like, go back. I, I, I want an easy life. I don't want to have to be uncomfortable with you around doing things that I can't do. So I just want to t- point sure. that out. And um, we can, we can definitely talk, you know, all day long. There's so many stories that come to bed, but like one thing that I wanted to say is, you know, I think, and I think it still falls in the in line of being at the top of the food chain is um, when you're given everything and serve everything on a silver platter, you don't think that you need to work hard because that's your standard because it's always given to you. But, when you actually, you know, have to work hard to get something, and that's not, like, again, I think 
to being top of the food chain. It's not just in sports. It's in everything and in everyday life when you have to work hard to achieve something or to get something. Once you have that thing, it's going to be hard for you to let go and you're going to cherish it for the rest of your life. You know, but once you're given something, you know, you, you, you can get rid of it easily because you're like, well, it was just given to me. I didn't really have to work for it and get out and move on because, you know, you'll get something else. But when you're put in a situation where you have to work for it, you know, you think twice about letting it go. You think twice about how much hard work you did to achieve that, you know, that promotion, that job, you know, that championship ring or whatever it is, you hold on to it, you know, for a long, long time. Right. Um, my last question, two questions. Um, was Langille top of the food chain and professors at X? <laughs> I never, I don't know what you're talking about myself. Next okay. question. <laughs> okay, okay. And uh, who's, are you top of the food chain of, 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 of the Mwamba household when everybody's home? Define define Mwamba household because I have my you know my home right here. My brother has his home. My parents have their home. So I'm saying when you guys all get together, it depends on what it is. So I'm not you're not gonna try and split us up again. That's not gonna work. You know, that's not not gonna work. We'll try to slip that in at the end of the episode. Hey, that's a great way to end though, for real. So like that that that's uh that's episode seven. So Koshi, just appreciate it, man. You dropped some gems today. Uh, thank you very much for having yeah. me, man. Great talking to you guys. Thanks for coming on. It's yeah, been uh it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm not I'm not used to giving you so many compliments, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey Tristan, I got my first one like a month ago in in like eight years. So shock day. I told you. Uh, it was crazy. It was month. crazy. He said, "Don't." <laughs> he said. He said, enjoy it now because you won't have another one for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Okay, bro. Signing up. Nice talking to you guys. Okay, bye. All right, later. Thanks for tuning in to TOTFC Podcast. If you liked it and you want to hear more, please share it with a friend, a family member, a teammate, or anybody. Like the video, consider subscribing to TOTFC Podcast.